Hello, everybody. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And this is uh, Zen Parenting Radio brought to you by Avid Company. This week, we are going to be talking about strong language from children. Isn't that right? Yes. And how they communicate and how we communicate. And uh, I have to start the show being honest. Um, usually, we have a decent idea of what it is we're going to talk about. We have about 30 seconds of material prepared, so we're going to have to roll with the next 28 minutes and 30 seconds. Well, but see, I think this show is good because we aren't prepared a I, lot, and we just kind of talk. Well, it's not that we're not prepared. It's that we just talk rather than have things written down that we're going to say. I think the show is better when we're um, flying by the seat of our pants, and this is one of those occasions. Well, then it's really not something to apologize for. No, I'm not apologizing. Oh, I thought you said you were sorry. No, if I did, we'll, re- <laughs> we'll reboot and then I will unapologize. How do you unapologize? You don't. Yeah, I'm not going to unapologize. So anyways, um, so yeah, we were talking in the car last night or the day before, and I don't know how we came up with it. It was because I just uh, I just did a presentation, and we were talking about how children use really strong language um, to express themselves and how, as adults, we take their language very literally from an, from an adult perspective, an adult point of view, And so we kind of freak out on them when they use really strong words because we, again, we view it through our own lens, which Mm -hmm. is what that word, you know, the the energy that word carries when a child really doesn't understand it, but they know that they get attention from it. We take it literally, and I think at times we take it personally. Oh, of course. We get offended by it, or we get all stressed out that our child has got all these deep, dark problems when really it's just... And not to say that our kids don't say things that hurt our feelings, but we are pretty careful about the language in our house. Like, we, we don't even use the word hate. Like, even if you're talking about I hate vegetables, like, that's just kind of a bad four-letter word. So, like, our kids have never said, I hate anything. And well, no, they have. <laughs> but they have. They will say, how do I want to say this? There's been times when they will come home from school and say, so-and-so, use the word hate. Can mm-hmm. I use that? Mm-hmm. And and the big discussion is um, they don't get scolded. They don't get um, in trouble. There's no, there's nothing punitive about asking those kind of questions. It's just saying, um, well, let's talk about what that word means mm-hmm. because that's an opportunity to explain the power of that word. Right. And I'll say, what do you think your friend was trying to say? You mm-hmm. know, for example, let's, let's use a – let's not be general. You know, Billy said to me today – that he hates um, gym class, mm-hmm. which I don't think Billy really does. He hates. If Billy hates gym class, he's got some <laughs> issues because that's the best class in school. How about um, Billy said today that he? How about Billy hates art class? Okay, Billy hates art class. Because I hated art class. Okay. Let's just say Todd. Let's say no. Let's just stick with Billy. Okay. Because back to just, Billy. Just a you know good boy name. So Billy. Are you saying Todd. Todd's not a good boy name? <laughs> Todd's a very good boy name. You know, Todd is a good boy name, except your name gets made fun of all the yeah, time. Yeah, let's take a step back about the name Todd. There's not one good Todd in any movies anywhere ever. Let's talk about the Todds that are funny. Um, let's talk about in Wedding Crashers, the Todd. Yeah, but he's like kind brother. of a, a screwy-looking, weird-acting guy. Well, he's he's Todd. And Todd from B- Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live. Todd. He was kind of a nerd. Yeah, what was, the, what was Gilda Radner? What was her name? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I just there's no good Todds out there. Um, so if uh, and there's a whole George Carlin skit about the name Todd. Yes, and what's up with that? I don't know. You know what? I like the name Todd. I like it too. I like it a lot. Okay, good. Well, then just own it. Oh, own I'm mad. Baby. I'm I'm upset at the movie business. Okay, are you going to start throwing around uh, strong words? I challenge our audience to come up with a good Todd in a movie. Okay. 
I would love to hear it. Okay. You know, I feel like I'm forgetting because I know there is one, but right. I'm forgetting. Okay. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, Billy's saying that he hates art class, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my daughter comes home and says he's using this word. And I said, what do you think he's trying to say? Well, he's trying to say that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't like art class. Well, then why don't we choose those words, you know, that he doesn't like it or because that relays the same amount of information without such a heavy word. Right. And, you know, she seems to get that. And right. then every once in a while she still asks, she'll be like, you know what, I just said the word hate. Mm -hmm. And that's, the thing is, is that's the kind of open communication I want to have with her is it's not about don't you dare use that word in this home. It's about, yeah, that word is available to you, but is that the word you want to choose? Because what happens when you start using those kind of words, people start tuning you out mm -hmm. because it's too strong. Well, and I feel like taking a different approach. Like I, like even if they said, I hate vegetables, like I'm like, oh, that's a strong word. And is there anything wrong with saying you hate vegetables? No. But as soon as that word becomes normalized in your language, then all of a sudden um, one of the kids might start saying, I hate Billy because right. he made fun of me. Right. And then all of a sudden he might, she might be saying, I hate mom and dad because they wouldn't let me go to my friend's house. And it's right. just, um, I don't know, words carry a, a strong energy energy to right. them. And, you know, any, you know, any of those things is, is bad, you know. And, you know, I've, we don't really curse in front of the kids, no. but I have plenty of friends, who, uh, you know, my age that are parents of kids and they don't mind doing it all the time. Well, and I, and I think that the mindset that we have is the do as I say, not as I do, which we've talked about on the show before that parents say, well, I'm going to swear in front of my kids, but they should know that they can't. That's, that's well, so messed up. That's, well, it's kind of silly because it's a very grand assumption to assume that you're going to say these words, but your kid is going to understand at five years old, that's not a word for me to use. Mm -hmm. And I think the happy medium in here and what I am trying to focus on with the girls coming home and saying, like, for example, you know, I wrote, um, in, uh, Chicago in, parent. Well, it's in Chicago parent. Yes. But it's in my second book about oh. the F word. Okay. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter came home last summer and said, um, I know what the F word is. And, and she so, said it. And, and I said, what do you think? What is the F word? And she said it. And I said, yes, that is indeed the F word. And, and I, you know, asked her where she saw it. And she said she saw it at the park. You know, she saw it written on the slide. And then later on, she said, I know what the S word is too. And she said, and I said, what is the S word? And she said, it's stupid, mm -hmm. which, you know, I kind of in, enjoyed that for right. a moment. I had a moment of, Because you, you know, thought it was lightness. the four letter S word. I thought it was a different S word. But my point is, is that's the kind of communication. That's, that's a good situation where to me, again, this is important to me that, that my daughter comes home and shares with me when she has these experiences. We're, is she going to do that when she's 13? I don't think so. Probably not. But right. right now she's coming home and saying, Hey, you know, and, and instead of scolding her or saying, we don't use that word or it's not okay for that word to come out of your mouth. It's an opportunity to have a discussion. Let's talk about it. Right. Because the thing is, is her friends and maybe her sometimes and people around her are going to use that word. Let's not pretend that word doesn't exist. Let's talk about why it exists and why people use it. And I don't mean the definition. I didn't go into the definition of the F word for her. I just explained, you know, why do kids use that word? 
because they want to feel older, right. because they think they seem cool, because they think that that makes them somehow powerful. And, you know, and if she understands that, then it's not really as necessary to use it. Well, and not only that, it opens a line of communication. And fast forward eight years from now when JC's 15 or whatever, she might say instead of, hey, mommy, mommy, I, I heard the F word or I know what it is, she might be saying, Billy drank beer. Exactly. That and and even though I'm trying to be very in the moment with her, um, I don't do everything. So in in her teenage years, she talks to me. I really do think that that is setting the stage right. for the teenage years. Is that if we can talk about these, you know, things now that are more childlike, like swear words, then and she knows that my response is going to be one of openness, like hey, let's talk about it. Then she'll be more apt to come discuss it with me. And the thing is, is I think a lot of times we jump on the words that our children say because of our own fear about it or what we fear other people will think right if they use those words when i'm in a a group with my friends how is it reflected back on me i think in the end most of the time we are worried about how our you know we can we can put it on our kids image but actually it's how are we going to be conveyed how are we going to be perceived exactly how are we going to be perceived by you know when if our children use this word and really the more we push it down Mm -hmm. and say that's not okay and you can't say that the more they're going to want to Mm -hmm. because you know that you're basically anytime you say to anyone I don't care if it's a child or an adult you can't do that and that's not okay what's the natural instinct they're gonna go do it I'm gonna figure out a way to do that I just watched a quick YouTube clip on the doors because I'm kind of a doors freak and you know they're on Ed Sullivan theater uh, Ed Sullivan show and Jim when in the song light my fire um, they asked him not to say the words girl we can't get much higher right and he said it anyways and what what did they tell him to say girl we couldn't get much better (laughs) and the funny part is I'm just a big fan of Jim Morrison in a weird way and he said oh no problem we'll we'll do it that way and then it was live tv he's like don't repress me yeah he did it his own way and then you know the fact that you know I could see all of the parents in the 50s or 60s when this was going Being on completely taken aback taken aback and then saying oh I can't believe he used that word and you know little Susie who's watching that show sees her parents reaction Freak out and goes and buys the album right because of the reaction well and it's so funny because I know let's just talk about the Ed Sullivan show I know that they were trying to focus on the fact that girl you couldn't get much higher would have something that has to do with drugs right. right but honestly that could in my perspective now in the you know year 2011 we couldn't get much higher meaning better greater mm-hmm. um, Grander, closer yeah. and so it's that's the thing is we that is a great example of how parents and adults freak out about the use of a word and how that's going to corrupt our right. children when our children may take it to mean something completely different right. and they don't have they don't understand the energy of it or they don't have the lens that we do right. the other example that I have is this has come up a lot, not just with um, you know one family or one person, but is um, when a child says uh, they're very angry about something and they say, you know, I want to kill my brother mm-hmm. or I want to hurt my brother right. or um, you know something really powerful and strong like that, and um, especially when they're really young and a parent really freaks out and thinks I'm raising a child who is what you know scary, right? Well, it's funny because growing up, um, I, you know, brothers, I don't know, it's weird. I, I don't know if we had three sons, things might different, might be different. We have three daughters. But when I was growing up, I had an older brother. I have an older brother. 
and we used to like get into it and fight and wrestle and all that. And sometimes he would get me so mad, I would say, "I'm going to kill you." Right, right. And that's exactly how I'd say, it. Right. "I'm going to kill you." Obviously, I was never going to kill right. him. I was right. saying, "I'm very mad at you, and I'm going to try to get you back for whatever exactly. it is that you just did to me." Um, and so, yeah, it's just weird, you know. I'm a, com- in my opinion, I'm a pretty adjusted, normal guy. And I used to fight with my brother all the time. Of and it's not like I'm picking fights on the street. As a matter of fact, I tend to try to be the peacemaker whenever I see a fight. Um, on the basketball court this week, a guy took a swing at another guy. And wow. So, um, well, we two things. Number one, we're we're completely hypersensitive, right? Okay, to language and the and what it means and what it holds because we haven't dealt with our own issues about it. Right. That's one thing. So we could go into that therapy part about it. But the other part about it is, like for example, um, I like I said, I did a presentation the other night. We were talking about sibling rivalry, and one thing that we really focused on is that in our home. Our home is like its own little community. And if we can learn how to function within that community, then we can go out into society and function in a bigger community. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we're little, learning how to work in a community does, you know, there's fighting and there's words and there's things that we have to practice using so we don't so we know we don't want to use them again. Does that make sense? Like you have to have arguments and figure out what it feels like to lose, what it feels like to win, what it feels like to hurt somebody. And it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to deal with. But I think sometimes um, when when parents are like, well, my kids, they fight and they shouldn't fight and I don't fight, so I don't know why they fight. Part of it's very normal. Mm -hmm. Part of it is very a part of them figuring out who they are and learning, becoming – Learning how to deal within a society, learning how to, you know, have a relationship with someone. And in a family, the love is unconditional. Right. So they can yell at someone and scream at someone, walk away, and not have to really do much repair. Right. Because you're, you're, you're brother and sister, you're brothers. Well, whatever. and this might be uh, a little tangential, but um, I think a lot of times parents are curious because their kid is so well-behaved in school and so well-behaved in all these other places. And then when they get home... Right. All of a sudden, they turn into a maniac. Right. And I think parents are wondering how that can be or why that is. And I think the answer is what you just said. They know they're in a safe place and they're right. loved unconditionally and they don't have to prove themselves. They can just kind of let it all hang out versus when you're in a school setting or something else, kids will tend to put on their best act. And that's a little tangential. Well, but. no, I think that's super important because what's so important about that is is sometimes we expect things from our kids that we don't expect from ourselves. Everyone listening can say that they, if they work or, you know, um, whatever they do during the day, when they go out and they see people, they're like, hi, how are you? How are things going? They're kind of surfacy mm-hmm. and making sure, you know, that they're kind and appropriate and say the exact right things. And when, the, when they come home, they can be more honest about how they're feeling. They can lie down or say, don't talk to me right now or whatever. And children do that too. Right. And we'll say to children, well, why do you come home and bring all your stuff home, you know, here? Why are you nice to everyone else and you're not nice at home? Well, we all do that. I mean, and it doesn't give us permission to be not abusive, nice to, to right. abusive to each other at home. It's about the awareness that that is a safe place. Exactly, and a you don't safe have to place, prove yourself. and that we do that too. Yeah. And I, and again, that's something that I, I really, it's important to me that parents understand is that asking our children to do things that we don't do ourselves is really unfair. Absolutely. To look at our children and say you need to represent this family, but then not. 
well, taking and I'll give you an example. Ourselves. If I'm having a bad week or a bad day and I'm in a really pissy mood, yeah. um, very, I and I and I have to work and I'm in front of customers that day. I'm not going to bring that bad mood to work. Right. I'm going to rise raise, above right. that bad mood. You're going to raise and, your vibration. Yes, and I can just kind of do it. I can just decide that I'm not going to let my mood change what happens in this meeting. Right. Um, but then I get home and then I might get, I might be really quiet and you would say, you know, what's going on with you? And right. I kind of shut down is the only word that's popping into my brain. So in the respect that you just said, we can't ask our kids to do that and not do it ourselves. Right. We do the, I do the exact exactly. same thing. Exactly. And can we look at it that way rather than, I think sometimes we look at our children as they need to act a certain way because we tell them to, and if they don't, they're not following the rules. Right. And we have to remember these are human beings. Just like us. Just like us. And just because we tell them to say, something or do something doesn't mean it's going to happen and we have to respect them for who they are mm -hmm. you know um, again one thing that I think is super important is instead of focusing on do my children listen to everything I say do they respond to everything I say my my goal as a parent and what I I hope to share with parents is focus on your relationship with your child are you getting to know who your child is are you starting to understand their quirks and what makes them tick and who they are you know I hear from a lot of parents like <clears throat> excuse me you know I have three kids and two of my kids they listen to me and they do what I say and they get up in the morning and they do all the things I ask them to do but one kid doesn't and I know they can do it but they don't do it and it's not about forcing your will on your children and if they listen then they're then they're doing a good job it's what what could help the other child respond because right. that other child is different than right. the other two not different in a bad way not wrong not weird none of those words just different so you start to learn about who that child is and what would help them respond and connect with them in a different in way in a different way that that would not work with the other two that exactly. you do have a connection with so and as far as, you know, wanting your children to behave in a certain way, like there's times when, you know, I, I our three daughters are pretty well behaved. They certainly have their moments they of when moments. they're not well yeah. behaved. And I, sometimes I find myself being really frustrated when they're not listening or they, you know, I'll say something to JC and all of a sudden she'll just kind of walk away and not say anything. Right. And I, there's a, a part of me, maybe an egoic part of me that says, what is she doing? This isn't how we do it in this family and all that. And then I realized, like, do I really want a robot to be able to listen and do every single thing that I ever say? And there's a part of me, like the egoic part of me, that, that does. But then I step back from it saying, this is her human experience. And she's trying to figure out how she's going to fit her place in this family and the world. And it's not that big of a deal as I'm making it seem to be that she's not responding the way I want her well, to respond. In the language that I like to use with that is we have to teach our kids to be good listeners and to work within a society or community like our family, but we also want to teach them to hold their power. Right. And holding their power, what that means to me, because that could mean something different to a lot of people, is that we want to teach them to know who they are, mm -hmm. to stand their ground about things that they believe in. Right. I mean, isn't that what we want for our kids, to grow up and know who they are? Right. And so to completely strip them of their power and say, I know what's best for you at all times right. is not a great thing. Right. But so we're finding that balance between, yes, we need to follow the rules of a society, which is our family mm -hmm. right now, and then it'll grow into the greater society. But also you, what you have to say and what you feel is listened to and validated and honored. And sometimes it'll work 
the way you want it to, and sometimes it's going to have to go in the way of the community, right. meaning the, we have rules and you're going to need to follow them. But, you know, like you said, a lot of when you say something like, do I want my children to be robotic and listen to me? Some parents out there are going, yes, it right. would be a lot easier. And there's moments sure. where I'm kind of delusional, and that's exactly what right. I want. I want her to do what I say when I say it. Not often, but there's times when I feel like, and then and then all of a sudden I get to feel like, well, she's disrespecting me, and I right. get everything oh, to yeah. this girl. Right. And all of a sudden I look, I'm, I take it personally, and I look, and I'm offended, and then if I can just take a breath and take a step back, um, then things are make more sense. Exactly. Um, I want to take another step back and talk about the cussing thing in yes. the house. I've heard from friends or whoever, and they'll be like, you know, it, it's not that bad to swear in front of your kids because they're going to hear it anyways. True. And I guess my question is... Why, so why does that make it okay that they're going to hear it anyways, that they hear it from their parents? It's it's a do as I say, not as I do thing. If I think my goal as a dad is to create the safest nurturing environment that I possibly can because, of course, they're going to hear swear words. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to be exposed to mm-hmm. beer and alcohol when they grow right. up and, and drugs and all that. I mean, you can do that, and, and it makes me think of when they are talking about, you know— to this day, JC just finished soccer. She's eight years old, and everybody gets a trophy. And there's some parents out there that say, that's the dumbest thing in the world. In the real life, not everybody wins and everything else. And I don't know. I just think that when you're a kid, and this hopefully this argument doesn't take a turn in, in a direction I don't want it to, there's nothing wrong with creating a really good environment nurturing, nurturing mm-hmm. which which could extend out from everybody getting a trophy when they're eight years old. And there's so many parents out there that say, that's not the way it works in the real world. And, of course, they're going to figure it out. Like, I have another, I have a coworker who has a daughter, and this is another tangent. I was going to say, can I, I want to answer the first question before you get on to the third okay, story. Okay, go ahead. But finish that story, and then I just don't want to forget, because you were talking about cussing it's, and then the trophies, and now. I, well, I don't even want to go to the third one, because it'll, <laughs> it, it'll, it, it'll take a whole new um are you starting to become like me? A little bit. I know, where you like go from, oh, and then. I'm trying to balance balance it out. <laughs> well, going back to the cussing, cussing thing, because what you said that I my initial response was true. You said a lot of parents say, well, they're going to hear it anyway. And mm-hmm. now that's true. Now, do I agree with that as mm-hmm. a reasoning to swear in front of our kids? No. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, they're going to hear it anyway. Of course they are. But I want to be the safe haven that they come home to to talk about it. Right. Now, does that mean I am never going to slip and never swear in front of my kids? I might. I probably will. I probably already have. Mm-hmm. But I guess my point is, is if actually, um, you know, this is very simplistic, but you, I've used the word hate and stupid in front of them, which, you know, we try not to use too often, and they'll call me out on it. And I'll say, you know what? I was feeling so strongly and I was feeling so upset about that 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 word came out. Do you see how powerful that word is? So instead of sitting there and saying, yeah, sorry, I get a timeout, blah, and making it this kind of silly thing, I explain why those words are so powerful and why I used it. Right. And so that's the kind of discussion I want to have with my kids so they understand where those words come from. Because do I believe my kids are gonna, never going to swear? No. Right. But, you know, will they understand how to use it rather than throwing F-bombs all over the place just because it sounds cool? Right, right. That's the difference. It's like, this sounds funny, like we're going to teach our kids how to swear appropriately. Right. But they are going to grow up and do it, you know. 
Um, but right now, what again, what I say to the girls is it's, it's not a word or those are not words that kids use. Right. But I hear my friends use it, yes, because they're trying to be older, but these are not kid words. Just like rated R movies are not kid movies. See, I think um, that would make sense. Like I'm trying to get into an eight-year-old's brain. And like if JC was saying, yeah, but my friends use it, so mm-hmm. how come I can't use it? And your answer was good, and that is because they're trying to be older than who they right. are. That, that makes sense to me. And in our family, we don't do – I mean, she says to me all the time, you know, she just said last night, I want to have a Coke. You know, no, we're not going to drink Coke. Well, so-and-so drinks Coke. I know, and that's fine. But in our family, we're not going to drink Coke. Right. And it's that simple to me. Right. It's like I'm not saying so-and-so is bad. Right. I'm not ripping their family. Right. I'm not getting into a big why it's going to rot her teeth. Mm-hmm. We're not going to. Right. And But they do get special occasions of 7-Up every right. once in a while. You know, it's not. It's this balance. And I don't think we have it perfected per se. But I'm trying to walk the line of not calling things good and bad mm-hmm. because then when she's older and she can have Coke, is she going to be like, now why is mom letting me have this bad thing? Right. Versus no, now you're older, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. When you were younger, I was making those a decisions. A lot of those decisions for you. So yeah. Right. Um, what about the trophies? Um, you know, I don't know if I really have a comment about that. I don't I don't think it's such a big deal that a bunch of eight-year-olds get a trophy for participating in something they really enjoyed. I think that we try to, we've talked about this before, we try to force the real world on our kids early to make sure they get it. Right. And I think they're going to... F- figure it out eventually. Right. Meaning the real the real world is going to come. They are going to try out for something and not make it. Right. They are going to want to be on a team and not be accepted. So I don't think we have to shove that down their throat at yeah. seven. I think it's a matter of when things get introduced. Now, is it the end of the world if they didn't get it, if they all didn't get a trophy? No, but it will incrementally change. I mean, there will be times when, you know, you win and you lose and, and that happens. I mean, they win and lose right now in right. soccer. They went 500. They won four and they lost four, whatever right. it was. So... Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. It's I think just... it's okay. Well, it, one more thing I want to say because I feel like we didn't wrap up the most important thing mm-hmm. about this whole discussion about when children use big words, okay. if it be kill or stupid or the F word or whatever, is it necessitates a discussion. It's not something we need to freak out and scold and view through our adult lens and assume that our child is somehow bad or that, you know, there's some awful thing going on. It's an opportunity to discuss what that means and figure out another word or another way they can express that emotion. Because usually those strong words or those strong statements are a child's desire or uh, attempt to express something that's so strong that they have a limited capacity to express. They're kids. They don't have the the um, words that we have yet. Right. They have limited vocabulary. So instead of looking at it as, oh my gosh, this is awful, it's, wow, it sounds like you're having strong emotion. Let's talk about what you're feeling, what's causing you to feel this way, and giving them another way to express that. Next time, instead of saying, mommy, I hate you, mm-hmm. can you say, mommy, I'm, I'm upset with you, or mommy, you're not listening to me, or mommy, I'm really mad and a um the way a mom might respond to that saying you don't talk that way to me you do this right. you do this. and that's and the mom kind of responds out of you know that part of her brain right instead i think maybe a health let's let's, let's say that happened um the, if i can say this at a place of quiet my response if if jc said dad i hate you i would say wow that really hurts my feelings right and that makes me sad instead of responding at that energy that she's giving which and is that really makes me sad and it really sounds like you're trying to tell me something right, because right. that word is so strong you must be trying to tell me something are right. you really angry right. do you see how instead of another power struggle and butting heads right. it can actually be 
let's talk about why you're saying this. Well, and another thing I want to mention is that um, I try to avoid saying, you don't talk to me that way. A better language is you say something like, we don't talk that way in, in our, our family. family. So right. it's not about me. It's about our family unit. But then the key to that is we better hold that end of the bargain. And yeah. we talk about that on the show a lot, so we don't, and we don't have enough time to discuss it now. But if you are going to say to your children, we don't talk that way in our family, you better not be talking to each other that way. You better not be saying the do as I do, not as I say. Or wait, do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say, not as okay. I do. Okay, so let's first, you talked about uh, your book. Um, okay, yeah. Um, 20, Self-aware Parent Self-aware 2. Self-Aware Parent Part 2. And so go ahead and buy that uh, before they run out. <laughs> oh, and I have a book release party coming up in about three or four weeks. Um, August 19th, I believe. It's a Friday. That sounds right. And um, so it, if it's you in Elmhurst. Li- if you live in Chicagoland area... It's on a Friday night. We'll post it on Facebook. It's at Essential Skin and Beauty. Come out and say hello to us. We'll sign books. We'll talk. We'll chat. And you can get food. And it'll be fun. Okay. And then um, the parenting resource. Parenting resource. I was thinking about, um, I noticed that uh, on Paga Team FM, which is the station we're on, they had a show about transform, they have a show called Transforming Diabetes, which is fantastic. And they did a show recently about talking to teens about diabetes. And I was thinking about how great all these shows on Paga Team are. And I hope for those of you who listen to Zen Parenting that you listen to the other shows too. So my parenting resource is Paga Team FM, the station that we're on. And some of the shows, uh, Parenting Unplugged, which is fabulous. That's the flagship show. Dads Unplugged, Single Parents, Love More Family Relationships, um, Hybrid Life, which is for outdoor parents, outdoorsy parents, The Meditation Show, um, Launchpad Radio, which is about businesses Mm -hmm. and sustaining businesses, and then Transforming Diabetes. So if any of those are interesting to you, go to pagateam.fm, check them out. They're great podcasts, and we just feel really lucky to be on on a station with them. Awesome. And then our sponsor, our partner is Avid Company. Um, 630-956-1800, remodeling in the Chicagoland area. Give them a call and uh, tell them Zen Parenting sent you. And then I think last is just my movie line, right? Movie line, let's hear it. My movie line is life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around, you just might miss it. Mm, I like that one. If you know what that's from, uh, put it on Facebook and maybe you'll get a free book. So uh, we'll talk to you all next week. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Have a good one.